three most affected industries by the pandemic, you know, uh, was uh, airlines, hotels, and sports. Right. You know, hospitality, leisure, and tourism. And, right. you know, we fit right in that. Yeah. Um, and uh, it, I think it's been a difficult time for everybody, but it's also been a, a chance to hit the reset button. Right. And to really think about how we do things differently and yep. what it is that we need to concentrate on. Um, you know, I got some opportunities to consult on some, some projects with Nike, for example, yes. uh, where we were focusing on things like uh, the millennials and... Uh... Hi, everyone, and welcome back to the Sporting World Podcast. And today I'm here with Deepak. And Deepak, uh, how are you, first and foremost? And thank you for taking the time. How's uh, life in London these days? I know you're, you know, at almost... I'm a sport business school, business school campus there. How's how's everything going? Yeah, I mean, listen, thank you so much for the invitation. Thanks for having me on. Um, it's a little cold uh, here in London, but we're we're managing. We're managing. All right. Uh, yeah, I'm joining you from the Amos campus uh, actually here in London. So uh, yeah, I'm excited to be here. Awesome. Well, it's a pleasure having you part of this podcast. Of course, we're going to dial a lot into your massive experience, you know, as, as a consultant in, in, in the sport industry. And I think, you know, we always kind of like, you know, start with a warm up question, kind of like just, you know, getting people to understand, like, how, how did your journey in the sport industry begin? You know, just take us a little bit back, you know, before you, you know, started your full, you know, consultancy journey. But but, but take us through how yeah. it all started. No, sure, no problem. I mean, it's it's going back a while now, but uh, uh, yeah, I mean, uh, look, I mean, I, I had a dream that I wanted to be a professional tennis player, um, and for me, that didn't work out, you know. So, like many, probably many of the students, you know, they want to have a career as an athlete, and then they have to have a tough conversation with themselves at some right. point, yeah, where they say, okay, this is not going to happen for you, so you have to pick a different route, you know, hey, right. pick a different way in your journey. Um, but, you know, one of the things that I realized is that, uh, you know, I, I, I do have a good business brain and that, you know, perhaps I can start focusing, even though I can't, you know, play the game on the court at the, at the level that I wanted to in order to become pro. Yeah. Perhaps I can, you know, I can manage what happens behind the scenes, you know, right. perhaps I can run events, I can help train people, I can, you know, manage operations. So. I did my undergraduate uh, program in uh, sports science and sports psychology, and I started really gearing up towards uh, working in uh, in events and event management, and uh, started focusing on really that aspect of the sports business. Um, so for me, yeah, I mean, I, I was uh, I was trying to build the skills very early on that would help me in terms of managing events and training people and, and things like that, and and that's really kind of how I started right um and and, and yeah that that kind of helped me get to kind of where I am today awesome awesome and I, and I think you're bringing up something you know very familiar to to most people I guess in a sense that are working in sports or are you know some in the sport world it's like it all started with like that you know sport player athlete <laughs> you know dream that we all have I mean like Adam Sittler, uh, at least for me it was you know football uh, soccer for for our American viewers and uh, you know it's just that 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 essence I think like for me it was like I was 16 and I was like do I really have what it takes to be kind of like you know the that the level that I really want to do and then I was like probably not so I just okay went into coaching you know just start like you know building more on that side because for me as well it was kind of like well what am I supposed to do if I can't work with sports 
you know that's right. really nothing else for me <laughs> and it's a it's a listen i mean it's a really tough conversation to have with yourself yeah. because your ego doesn't want you to say you can't do this right. you know you, right. you try so it's a tough conversation but I mean, listen, at some point you do have to have that conversation. Yeah. You've got to pick a track that makes sense for you. you know? right. Plus, you can always play sports in your spare time anyways. You know, it's not like you, you have to stop. Yeah. I mean, like maybe not at the highest level, but, you know, you can always play tennis. You can always, you know, play football, you know, with your friends and like have teams yeah. as well. So there's always always way to be involved, of course, but exactly. at the highest yeah. professional level. <laughs> it might not be on the center court at Wimbledon, but you right. can still dream <laughs> exactly there's always dreams and hopes but let's let's exactly. move a little bit forward into the you know consulting you know side yeah. of your your experience and obviously you've been doing that for many years in the industry you know working with top clients across the world and i guess like for those that are like you know coming in here like consulting consultancy is like a lot of different things you know it's a lot of cases and 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 topics that you have that you have worked in but the, let's touch touch upon like some of those you know cases topics that you have consulted on and so like just bringing an idea of like what are the typical cases that you're involved in well i mean i think this is where there is this is where i, I like the variety of mm -hmm. the job because yeah. you know there are no real typical cases you know right. the way that sports industry kind of is is that uh, you build kind of on your experience and, you know, you're going in to help solve a problem or, and that's typically what a consultant does, right? A consultant yeah. goes in from outside the organization um, to either add value towards uh, or solve it, help solving an organization, a sports organization in this case, solve a problem. So, you know, uh, for me, I've been, you know, very lucky that I've got to work on some topics that actually mean a lot to me. So for example, diversity and inclusion. Um, you know, that's something that, it, that, that I have a, 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 not only a keen interest in, but that's a strong value that I have yeah. as well. And, you know, sport is, a, sport is an example, you know, uh, to all when it comes to things like diversity and inclusion. So I've worked on things like, uh, you know, building international fan experiences, uh, training volunteers, engagement of volunteers in sporting events. Um, and of course, the DNI piece that I just mentioned. So right. I think I like... Uh, I like the diversity of different uh, different things that you can right. do from a consultancy standpoint, um, and, and how you can help uh, integrate, you know, those things within organizations. Yeah, it makes it makes a lot of sense. And I guess, like you know, since we are officially recording the episode on you know the the eighth of March, you know, the women's Women's International Day, you know, I, I think we have to just touch upon like a case within the diversity and inclusion aspect. Like what, what are some of the examples, you know, if you can nitpick or go a little bit deeper into one of those cases? Yeah, sure. I mean, you know, one of the uh, one of the cases is uh, how do we, you know, how do we increase the representation of Hispanics in tennis in the United States. Right. When you consider, you know, the first language spoken in cities like Los Angeles and Miami is Spanish and not English. And right. these are key hub cities. For sure. Um, so what are we doing in terms of marketing? What are we doing in terms of uh, encouraging, uh, you know, encouraging more Hispanic tennis players at all levels, you know, mm -hmm. college level, uh, 10 and under in terms of the, you know, the kids, um and, and 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 professional athletes you know in, in terms of that so right. i think it's you know i think it's interesting when you come up with some of these strategies and you think about uh what it is that you need to what it needs i mean it could be something as simple as 
you know, do we realize that uh, none of our communication materials are in Spanish? Right. Um, you right. know, it could be something as simple as that. Yeah. Um, to something a bit more complex in the sense that, you know, maybe we've got to really understand the, the culture in a bit more detail and realize that, look, tennis is a sport that you can play together. Tennis is a sport that you can play to, as a family. Um, right. And, you know, perhaps that fits in with the family value side of yeah. things, you know, so... Yeah. There's lots of different things I think that you can, uh, you know, that you can do. But you're essentially, you know, what starts off as uh, as 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 something that perhaps you know you look at and you say, well, you know, th this is it, it's kind of the right thing to do or it's a nice thing to do. But you actually realize that you know all of those things. They, there's a strong business connection too. I mean, there's a strong right. business case to it as well. Yeah, yeah. When sure. you can tie those things up, yeah. um, you know, I think. Uh, I think that that's what we see. But uh, yeah, I mean, uh, you know, right now, I mean, you look at these last two years, um, inclusivity has been, you know, really the hot topic when it comes to, you know, nearly all sports federations, sports sure. events, organizations uh, in so many ways. So, yeah. I mean, I think it, I think you're, we're right to talk about it and to bring it up. Oh, 100%. And I think, I think it's why it's, you know, so key as well to just think about like, of course, like, you know, all, people always feel, focus on like, oh, what are the big things that we can do? But sometimes it's, it's started as something simple as just like, okay, change, change, <laughs> adapt and change, uh, change the language or like add the language to, you know, maybe Spanish or whatever it is to kind of like, you know, have a better um, inclusion in, in that aspect. So there's, there's already minor things I think people can do if they just, you know, take that first step, maybe, maybe get like out a little bit of their bubble that they're usually in and that's also yeah. where you come in and, and and can nitpick a little bit there and sometimes you need someone from the outside as well to see those things absolutely and you know in my experience i will tell you that often people don't make the changes that they can make because they think that change is only big change right so they don't realize that actually all these little changes that they make actually add up to something quite significant oh yeah But what actually stops a lot of people from making that change in the first place is that, you know, they look at the big, big changes. And if they can't make big changes, they don't make any change. Yeah. Yeah. So, you know, those small changes actually are, are really important because, I mean, that sets the momentum. Right. And then it's also sort of like part of building that, you know, game plan, I guess, in a sense to perhaps what they see is that, you know, big big change, you know, down the road, but in, in often cases with big changes, it takes time, you know, but you got to start, you know, sort of like, you know, building your milestone pad and say, okay, what, what can I do kind of like right now? And I'm mean, like, we Absolutely. were developing a platform, right? Which, you know, need new features, tiny things here and there. And there's always, you know, things that, you know, you can tweak or fine tune, you know, just to kind of like complete that angle of making, you know, the best possible platform. And, and that's Absolutely. just part of the journey. And so you have to understand that. And yeah, it, it, it's a really valid point you, you bring up and sort, sort of just thinking that, okay, we, if we have to solve the challenge, we have to go big right away. But understanding the, those little milestones along the way is part of reaching that goal that you might reach in, you know, maybe a year or two or maybe even five, you know, it can take time yeah. to do those changes. Absolutely. Um, but uh, but it's, it's part of the journey. But let's, let's go a little bit, uh, you know, forward, I guess, like to more... Um, You know, obviously, recent time with the pandemic, you know, been happening the last few years, still, still going on. Always, always some crazy stuff in the world happening. Also, we, we're not going to go in details with everything, but, but uh, if you wanted to like talk a little bit about like specifically, you know, during and and, and through the pandemic, like what are some of the 
you know, key cases you have consulted on. And I wanted to also touch a little bit upon, you know, uh, the Tokyo Olympics 2020, which obviously got, you know, majorly impacted by the pandemic. And, and to just, you know, talk a little bit about like some of the, I guess, main cases that came up during, during the pa pandemic from your side. Yeah, sure. I mean, it's no secret that, uh, you know, the, the three most affected industries by the pandemic, you know, uh, was uh, airlines, hotels, and sports, right. you know, hospitality, leisure, and tourism. And, right. you know, we fit right in that. Yeah. Um, and uh, it, I think it's been a difficult time for everybody, but it's also been a, a chance to hit the reset button right. and to really think about how we do things differently and yeah. what it is that we need to concentrate on. Um, you know, I got some opportunities to consult on some, some projects with Nike, for example, yes. uh, where we were focusing on things like uh, the millennials and uh, how, we, uh, how we increase uh, the use of things like uh, the app uh, mm -hmm. for things like mental health and well-being. Right. Um, and then attaching those things, which I think, you know, has become uh, very important because I think, you know, in this in this time period, uh, people have become a lot more open about talking about things like mental health, which, you know, affects everybody, you know. So, right. And now, of course, you know, we see a lot of mainstream athletes, you know, talking about those challenges and things like that. Mm -hmm. um, so I think that's been a, that's been something uh, that I think is uh, interesting. Uh, the other point uh, I would say is uh, uh, focusing on how we move the fan experience online, mm. you know, so um, a lot of the times, you know, especially when you've got these world-class sporting events, you know, we're working with companies and organizations and teams um, to build these, uh, these amazing fan experiences in stadia. Right. and you know in and around the events yeah uh, but of course you know in this time we've had to do things differently because fans aren't allowed to go to events you know right. so right. we've had empty stadiums so how then do we still engage the fan at home mm -hmm. you know how do you know whether it's a, a at home workout with venus williams you know or you know whatever it is but you know playing a video game you know with uh, Andy Murray or, you know, whatever. Right. But again, you know, having to think about different ways um, of still keeping those fans engaged uh, and still, still keeping their, you know, zest for sport going, but, you know, having to do it from, you know, having to do it from their home. Right. And so in this case, we've had to, we've had to think about, for example, making athletes more accessible. Mm. You know, we've had to, we've had to think about, you know, those kinds of things. So, uh, it's been quite interesting in terms of uh, in terms of you know really leveraging technology uh, from both aspects actually from uh, from the fan experience aspect but from also the work that uh, uh, that I was doing uh, for for Nike um, so I think that's been interesting uh, the other point that you mentioned is uh, obviously you know the Tokyo Olympics I mean I think I, I think that's probably been one of the biggest challenges for. Right everybody that has been associated with those games you know nobody has written a rule book on how you run a world-class olympic games during a pandemic so you know it's uh it's a case of try this and see if it works and if it yeah. doesn't adapt this and try this and see if it works and if it doesn't adapt this so i think it's you know i think it's a very kind of interesting journey because i mean Look, a month before the Olympics, many athletes didn't even know if they were going to board the flights to right. go to Tokyo. Right. So, you know, there was so, so much kind of going on. Um, and then, uh, 
when uh, you know when uh, the Japanese government kind of kind of banned business travel uh, and then said you know no spectators and things like that that kind of threw quite a quite a lot of uh, uh, um, challenges and things like that mm-hmm. you know so I think um, I, I think I think it's interesting because you know um, it's a great case study yeah. to look at for the future. Right. Um, because, you know, my opinion is, you know, Tokyo was, they did a great job mm. with all things considering, you know, um, and the challenges that they faced and, and how they addressed those challenges and uh, how they persevered and, and, and didn't give up. I, I uh, you know, I, I, I think that, you know, the end product uh, was great, but the challenges right. were, were so obvious, you know, in terms of, uh, you know, in terms of what was going on. Yeah, and I, and I think you're touching upon something, you know, really important in terms of that this case and this, you know, kind of happening with, with the Tokyo Olympics set sort of like a, in many ways a benchmark, you know, for future events and major sports events and perhaps even not even just sports events, but, but global events across the world in terms of like, because I mean like to be fair, there, there are going to be more pandemics happening down the road probably anyway so now at this point you're kind of like okay how do you you know prepare and learn you know from this from this event and the challenges that we're facing so you're much better prepared you know down the road and at least you know if something comes up you sort of like have that guidelines but there will always be you know new challenges coming up but I think it sets a lot of frameworks and and, and you're talking about like it's a nice case and a nice you know study in a sense as well for for the upcoming leaders you know the young generation that are coming up and they're like what what are some things that you would kind of you know recommend them to kind of i guess in a sense dig a little bit deeper into and kind of like look into now that you know the olympics is you know kind of like you know been, been a little bit time after it happened you know you're starting to get like some more information um you know more of the you know data that has been you know collected after it's like come in like what are some things that you know, those, those students and future leaders uh, should, should kind of like keep an eye on or look after in, in terms of evaluating this and, and trying to learn like a little bit what they can bring to the table moving forward. I mean, I think one of the key things that you have to be now is, is flexible. Right. Uh, you have to be flexible and you have to be adaptable. Um, you know, organizations, many organizations and businesses you know, have had to cut their staff during these times. Right. People have had to take on multiple roles and multiple positions and things like that. Um, and, you know, I mean, I've been in the industry now, you know, 15 years, and I can yeah. tell you, you know, my roles and responsibilities and things like that have increased um, just because of the, the, the you know, the the uh, the workforces, you know, has got less in it. Yeah. And, yeah. and that happens. But I think one of the most important things that, that, that we have to do is we have to have an open mind. And we have to be flexible uh, and open to change. Mm-hmm. Um, a lot of the times, I find you know uh, students are very well-meaning, but they're not always as adaptable as they as they should be, um, right. because they in their minds they you know they 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 want to be a marketeer or they want to be you know there's a certain there's a certain path or a certain position right. and, and and they kind of have you know but yeah. but sometimes you have to go through A B C to get to D. Right. Um, and I think right now we are definitely in the environment where that's the case. Yeah. So, 100%. you know, I think uh, I think exercising patience, but also having an open mind is just crucially important. I actually think, though, that, you know, 
being in the pandemic and stuff actually provides new opportunities. It's not all, you know, people think, oh, well, are there going to be jobs, you know, especially if the sports industry is so impacted? Mm-hmm. I, I think there will be. I think, oh. you know, the opportunities, uh, there's definitely a lot of opportunities and a lot of newer ones that perhaps we didn't think about in the past. Right. But I do think that it's important to do that. The other thing I think it's important, and this is more more for, you know, when the students become leaders, right. is it's very important for them um to focus on when they're training people to make sure people not only have the right skills to do the position but also the right mentality mm-hmm. yeah. because yeah. one of the things that you know we often think about uh, is you know do you have the right skills to do this uh, to do this particular job do right. you have the right functional ability to do this particular job yeah but one of the things that i think is so important now especially in these times is do you have the mentality, mm-hmm. you know? Uh, how positive are you? You know, how much of a team player are you? How engaging are you? How can you motivate somebody who's not having a great day? Yeah. You know, all of those things matter. Yeah. So, yeah. you know, that's, I think, you know, those are some things that perhaps we don't often think about, but they're equally important. Mm-hmm. Yeah, no, I think I think it brings up a really, you know, um, so some key elements for these, you know, students and young professionals to kind of, you know, start, start evaluating yourself a little bit on like, you know, where, where am I at, you know, and like, how do I adapt? And I mean, like, I think there's a lot of people there that have like this, you know, common goal to like, I, I want to be like, a, you know, sports director of Barcelona or like Real Madrid or what it might be. Right. And, and I mean, like, of course yeah. that's, that's great. And you should have those goals and aspirations for sure. Oh, absolutely. But understanding that, okay, but it's going to take you, you know, maybe, you know, 20 years before you reach that goal and so what can you do along the way you know and and step by step and especially now where we talked about you know the flexibility and adaptability to uh, the needs that are in the market right now it's a completely different need you know after or during the pandemic in terms of what kind of roles are more important because of again like the, the, the 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 what can I say like the uh, the, the the limitations that was happening in the organizations, you know, and then and excluding, uh, you know, a lot of a lot of people, you know, and 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 creating, you know, some challenges there. But I wanted I wanted to go like moving forward now a little bit into, you know, your work with Almost Sport Business School. Obviously, you know, you're a global ambassador there. You're doing some teaching, some 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 I guess like some great, uh, you know, educating for for some of the future leaders, you know, that, that are at least you know studying there. And I know you're you know busy at some other other programs and schools too. But when we're talking about the Almost Sport Business School, like tell us a little bit more about how this I guess relationship started with them and, and what makes you know almost unique from from your yeah, I mean. Yeah, I think it's a, it's a, first of all, it's a great school. Um, It's a great school. Uh, And I like what they stand for. You know, I've been now here at Amos uh, in a, in a principal role for now four years. Um, And, and I will say that, you know, I, I, I really believe in the program, but I believe in the way that we deliver it. Mm-hmm. And I think that that's very, I think it's important to have, especially when it comes to education and sport education, I think it's a very important to have a solid program. Yeah. But I think that the, the thing that's even more important is making sure that you've got the right people to deliver it. Mm-hmm. So I know that, you know, here, you know, in London, one of the things that we, you know, we really focus on is having industry professionals that are experts in their area. Right. But obviously, that you know, they understand the the academic nature of of the course. But at the same time, you know, 
they can apply that theory to practice because of the real life experience that they have. Mm -hmm. And then they can bring that into the classroom. Right. So I think, you know, what that that makes, I think, makes a massive difference. You know, I, before this interview, I was just teaching a class um, and the class was uh, on the organization um, of the US Open. How do we make this a world-class sporting event? How do we right. make it a prestigious Grand Slam event? And I think, you know, that's the thing. I mean, we focus on the practicalities as well of, of, of how to get, you know, because ultimately that's what the students are going to be doing, right? right. They're going to be in, in uh, sports business practitioner roles. Yep. So I think it's important for them, you know, to get all of the foundations that they need uh, from, uh, from both perspectives, the mm -hmm. academic and the industry perspective. Um, so that they can build upon this, and I think you know the thing that I love about uh, uh, I think the, love, the thing I love about Amos in particular is it, it's a great team. It sounds cliche, but it's so true. I mean, it's a great team of people, um, and I think you know the way that people carry out their jobs here is that they really care about the student experience. Right, and that's you know for me, I mean, this is a small campus, you know, so you, you come to this campus, you're not going to get you know the massive UCLA style campus, you're not going to get that when you come here, but what you will get is you will get individual attention. You know, you will get, you know, I, I give almost 300 hours a year of mentoring, you know, to right. students. So right. you will get that internet, you will get that individual attention. You will get people that, you know, care about your progression and, and people that guide you, you know, towards mm -hmm. going where you want to go. Right. Um, and you have accessibility, you know, my office door is always open. So people, students can come and see me at any time. So I think, you know, that's the one thing. And, and I know that a lot of people, maybe, a, you know, a lot of schools can say something similar, but I think the fact is, you know, the fact that I'm here day in, day out, and I see yeah. it, and we live it and we breathe it. I think that makes a massive difference. Mm -hmm. So, you know, I, I think that that's important. I also think it's important for students to see somebody in front of them that is in a position that they would like to be in right right i think fair. that also makes a massive difference yeah you know yeah, yeah. so we've got you know really some, again some great industry practitioners we've got henry from the nba you know uh we've got myself you know involved in tennis and the olympics and we've got em in stadium and development and you know right. dave in sponsorship so we've got you know many people right. um but i think it's really important for them to be able to for students to be able to see you know to look at you know the person standing in front of them and say actually that's somebody who may, their job interests me. You know, mm -hmm. Maybe you know, maybe I can see something there. Right. You know, so I think that makes a difference. Hundred percent. And I think this is this is very key as well. Not only from a learning standpoint, but also like again exploring the opportunities that are in the industry and kind of like be more aware of those. You know, through the program, through you know the the different kind of courses and, and lectures that they have, so they can kind of like. Um, perhaps you know figure out that there's more to the world than just working in football <laughs> which many, yeah, ex many things exactly so, i mean like of course go for it if you, if you want to do it but also understand that there's many ways you know and many sports and and sectors to be involved in um lastly as well uh, while we're sort of like in that educational bubble in a sense i wanted to talk a little bit about you know what type of content and subjects you know you've been i guess elevating recently you know obviously you've been speaking and educating the future leader industry in multiple countries but what are some of like you know recently now what, what are some of the content subjects that you've been you know pushing or, or focusing a lot on you mean for me for for me as a as a practitioner correct correct yeah yeah i mean i, I would say uh you know obviously obviously the leadership part um the managing people part is an important 
piece of, mm. of, of what I do. And, 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 and uh, I, I think that's consistent across the board. But I think the one thing I've seen that has changed re recently more so right. um, is the focus on empathy. Mm. You know, it's the focus on really under, understanding people. Uh, people yeah. have gone through a rough time, you know, these last two years. Um, and that's whether it's students, that's whether it's staff, uh, that's whether it's, you know, other people that are leading other people. I mean, you know, people have gone through, at the end of the day, forget your role, forget your title, people are people. So, you know, people right. have gone through that. And I think one of the most important leadership skills uh, that, that, that I've been focusing on recently, uh, especially with, uh, with my professional work, is, uh, is making sure that people understand the importance of empathy. And, you know, understanding that, you know, again, you know, as a leader, um, the importance of, you know, often, often we think about, you know, leading through example, but we forget about the importance of listening and we forget about the importance of, you know, kind of understanding people. Right. Um, and that has become really very prevalent, but very important. And I think this last two years has reminded us mm -hmm. of the fact that we do need to get back to basics, you know, in some right. way. Right. And just kind of go back to understanding, you know, what makes people, uh, what makes people human, what makes people tick, you know, and those right. kinds of things. So I think, you know, it sounds very simplistic, yeah, and it sounds also a little cliche, um, yeah. but it, it's very important. I mean, it's it's incredibly important. Um, so I, I would say, you know, a lot of uh, a lot of the work that I have focused on recently has been in that space because right. that's something that has affected everything that I do. You know, right. whether it's uh, education, whether it's sport, whether it's you know, students or colleagues. Yeah, and I think like, you know, it's it's uh, important as well to um, not only, of course, based on what, what's happened, but also in an essence, I think for, you know, the, the students and young professionals as well to, you know, that are, you know, in, in sports. And they, in many cases, you kind of like see this glamorous world, right? And I was, I just want to bring up like a personal story. The, of course, at the end of the day, it's, your your podcast. We want to share as much about. Oh, please, you know, please go ahead. I'd love to hear it. But uh, but it reminds me a lot of like when I did um so back back to back ten years probably at this point. Um, so I did my internship at the Norwegian Football Association, and so working in the hallways there was like you know all the all the professional like national team players from the nineties. You know the big the big time of Norway. And, and I was like remembering my first week of there, I was like, I know that guy, I know that guy, I know that guy, I know that guy. And it was, I was so starstruck, right? And, and you kind of like have this feeling. And then I, I remember like, oh, this is so strange. And then you kind of like talk with everyone and you just, you just realize, well, at the end of the day, we're all just people, you know, there's people are people. And that's why I wanted to bring this up because I think what you're saying here is so important and it's, it's a good, you know, now more than ever for all the students to understand at the end of the day, like all those people that you may be seeing on the screen that are working now, you know, in the club or in that organization, at the end of the day, they're just people like you and me, you know, we, we're all here to make, try to make the industry better, to, to try to keep moving forward. And, you know, it, it, it's cool that, okay, now you can utilize your knowledge and skill set to come together, work together, and hopefully have an impact on the industry. So that was just a tiny little, you know, side side story <laughs> i know i mean it's but it's so true i mean it's so true and i think that's the thing you know i think we are all again we're all in this together and these stories yeah. i mean they do make a i think they make a massive difference because they they actually people relate to these stories yeah yeah and and i mean like that that's why i like i, I feel like if there's one thing people should really take from this podcast it's people are people you know and, and yeah. take, think about it you know sit down uh, and understand that, you know, it's uh, now more than ever, you know, with 
we all have the same challenges. We're struggling with a lot of different things. And at the end of the day, you know, we're just people and we Absolutely. can help each other to, to, yeah. to go forward and, and, and help each other through, through some challenges times, you know, that we all, all have more than, more than ever. And I think it was important as well, what you talked about before in terms of, you know, it's, it, it's been more, uh, I guess, easier and, 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 and facilitated in a sense from organizations, from brands, you know, to talk about, you know, these challenges too. And it's been very vital, I think, for a lot of people during the, during the pandemic. Um, and so like, I, I guess to finalize the podcast in, in an essence, I just wanted to like, you know, obviously you, 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 you gave a lot of, you know, insights, knowledge, some, some key advice here as well. But if you wanted to like, I guess, um, give like a few final tips, you know, for, for students that are looking to get a career in the sport industry, you know, what, what, what would it be? I think the most important thing is to build genuine relationships. And I think that, you know, in my experience, it's not something that uh, students do enough of. Mm. Um, I think, you know, we talk about networking, but uh, networking is more than just asking a couple of questions to a guest speaker. Yeah. Right. I think it's important to seek guidance. It's important to seek mentoring. Mm -hmm. um, and, you know, I think, you know, a lot of the time students are afraid to kind of do that just because they're not used to doing it. Right. Um, and also, you know, many perhaps will think, you know, well, yeah, but maybe they wouldn't be interested in having a conversation with me or they, but the amount of, I, I will say that, you know, the amount of students that have gone and, and tried it and pushed themselves to kind of, you know, build these relationships and things like that, that successful people want to give back mm -hmm. and, you know, they want to give advice and they want to, so, you know, if they can, then they will. And to me, I think, you know, Seeking that guidance and mentoring is just, it's so important because you're building good, genuine connections in the industry. Right. I think, you know, one of, one of the issues that I see or one of the challenges that I see is that often, you know, students will ask for something before they've built a relationship. You know, mm. can I have an internship? Can right. I have an interview? Right. Whatever it is. And, and, and the thing is, whilst, yes, I mean, it's, it's good to be brave and it's good to kind of put yourself out there a better way to do it is to build trust and, you know, a better way to do it is to build that foundation. Um, so, you know, a lot of the times, you know, and you can start, you know, with the people that are closest to, closest to you, for example, you know, the people in your campus. Right. So, I mean, you know, there's a, there's a lot of ways in which, uh, in which you can do this, but uh, I, I would say, you know, for me, the, the number one thing that uh, impresses me is when students come and, and they ask, you know, they ask me to get a coffee with them and right. they, you know, they talk to me about things that are important to them and they build right. that. And, you know, that's how you really get to know, you know, the motivations of this student. And of course, you know, in my mind, I'm thinking if there's a project, you know, that uh, uh, that I think that they would be suitable for, um, I'm going to think of that student first right. because I know them. I can right. trust them. I've built a relationship with them. Okay. So I think, you know, one of the most important things is to uh, is to do that because, yeah. That helps establish not only your credibility, but it helps inform people of, of who you are. Right. Um, and it helps people understand, you know, where you want to go. And I think that's a big, you know, that, that really does help you, but it also helps the person who's trying to help you as well. 100%. I think it's a perfect way, you know, to, to wrap up this podcast with Deepak. Um, 
yeah, it's, it's a really good advice. And I'm mean, like, I, I don't want to say anything more because it's just a perfect way to wrap it up. <laughs> so with that, Deepak, I would like to, you know, thank you once again for, for taking the time, you know, for being with us and for sharing all your insights and knowledge with the Sporting Global community. And for those of you, of course, that have been, you know, tuning all the way at the end, you know, make sure to like the video and subscribe as well if you haven't already. And if you haven't, you know, make sure to sign up at sportingglobal.com. It's free, you know, you can connect with people, you can, you know, find the relevant opportunities and uh, get good knowledge and find good programs like the one from Amos, you know, so make sure to do that. And yeah, once again, thank you so much, Deepak, for, for taking the time. Yeah, thank you so much for having me. It's very kind uh, you having me on, and I appreciate it. I enjoyed it, so thank you so much. I'm glad glad to hear it. And and I do have one final one final uh, tradition that we do here at the Sporting World Podcast that I have to like you know put up a little bit of a challenge you know every time. It's it's kind of like what we do. Um, so I have to teach you a little bit Norwegian, as as we are Norwegian, as I am Norwegian. You know, there's there's a thing we do. And so with every, <laughs> it's, it's always fun, you know? And so uh, with every video we do, we always finish with the snokkes, which means see you later in the region. So that's what you have to say. Okay. V snokkes. There you go. Perfect. You know, good job. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> right. Thank you so much. I don't know if I can put uh, Norwegian on my CV now, can I? After being able to I say like, that? Yeah, at least like a tiny, tiny piece. <laughs> <laughs> no, but honestly, thank you once again. I appreciate it. Well, likewise, Deepak. Likewise, thank you so much. Thank you. Bye-bye. Bye. -bye. Bye.